0: Hey, I just wanted to remind you that our next challenge is beginning very, very soon. And in that challenge, if you're looking to monetize your podcast and you want to know exactly where to get started and how to build an offer that is going to be exactly what your audience needs, then you need to join the Podcast Profit Challenge. You can go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, and it's absolutely free So I'm fresh off a trip to PodFest in Orlando. I had a speaking gig there and got to talk to a lot of different podcasters at all different phases of the journey. And this one thing keeps coming up over and over again. So I thought I would address it in today's episode. And it is how to monetize if you're actually not trying to solve a problem for anyone. So let me address that today and I'll talk to you about it right after this. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following and actually made a difference, monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question. And this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hosler, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited that you are concerned about monetizing your podcast and looking for ways to make that happen because probably you love podcasting as much as I do. So I'm thrilled to talk about it. My um, company is Team Podcast. We're a full-service podcast production company, and we've been working with podcasters since Well, I started podcasting in 2012, started the company in 2014. And since then, we've worked with over 350 podcasters. And you know, if you've listened at all, my goal in 2022 is to monetize 100 podcasts. And it's going to take a lot of work to get that done. But I'm committed to doing it and I'm committed to helping podcasters get something in return for all the value that we're creating in the world. Because you have to admit, man, are we ever creating a ton of value. So I had a session at PodFest about monetizing a podcast in 90 days or less without getting sponsorships, without begging for donations or doing anything remotely sleazy. And it was well attended. I was really thrilled. We had about 50 people in the room talking about monetizing podcasts and got a lot of good questions. And I was able to present sort of my framework for monetizing in 90 days or less and laid it all out and told them, you know, day one to 29, here's what you do. And day 30 to, you know, 49, here's what you do. And just, you know, kind of went through the whole thing. And one of the things that comes up again and again because. I always start with like really getting clear on who you serve. And the more podcasters that I talked to in the conference and just around as I was, you know, meeting people and that sort of thing, it came up again and again, that many podcasters are starting podcasts in order to try to have conversations that they wouldn't normally have. Sometimes it's with a parent or a family member or another type of like milestone in your life. Like some of them are around like turning 40 or turning 50 or, you know, things like that. And so you're having these conversations because what's happening is, is you're coming into sort of a new, I don't want to call it stage of enlightenment in your life, but it's like you're sort of pivoting from where your paradigm was And now it's in a completely different place and things matter to you differently now or different things matter to you now. And so it's sort of all about many times talking through these different transitions and stages in our lives. And, you know, a lot of people would come up to me and say, hey, yeah, my podcast is sort of like, you know, Joe Rogan's, but not, you know, this, that or the other. And here's the thing, you got to remember, you know, Joe Rogan is like, Being like the professional athlete. Okay. He's like the, you know, the Michael Jordan of podcasting. And I'm not saying that he's the best podcaster in the world. Like some people really, really like him. And some people are like, ugh, no, can't, can't listen to that. Right. So whatever it is, it doesn't really, you know, matter whether you like him or not. The bottom line is whenever he, I guess, had his podcast bought by Spotify for like something like 115 million bucks, you have to hold him as sort of like, the gold standard of monetization from a sponsorship perspective, or even from a listenership perspective, because he's getting millions and millions of downloads every single month. And for a lot of people, like Joe Rogan's podcast was the first one that actually hooked them into this wonderful world of podcasting that we all enjoy today. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because like I say, we always try to get clear first before we monetize on who we're serving. And some of you are actually not trying to solve a problem. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong for doing that. It just means you have to monetize a different way. Let me give you a couple of examples of some shows that I've run across that are trying to do this. I talked to one lady and she said um, she took the year she turned 40, which I guess was just a year or so ago, took that year and decided she was going to have 40 drinks with 40 friends and 40 different conversations and after having those 40 drinks with 40 friends she said she came like she came to a whole new level of you know appreciation for her friendships and it was just like she it changed her life she basically said and so she was Carrying that out now again with her podcast and wanting to help, you know, other people that are in that process of either turning 40 or 50 or whatever. So um, it's just one of those things that you have to think about. Um, who your target audience is. So her target audience is people that are turning 40. Now, her goal is to have conversations, right? So she's having conversations, and those conversations, you know, are obviously free and, you know, they're not monetized. And so she's, you know, thinking, how can she eventually monetize this? Another guy was having um, his mother is a Holocaust survivor. She's also a therapist. And she apparently swears more than Joe Rogan does. So she's pretty hysterical to listen to. And so they have conversations about all kind of different stuff. And it a lot of times has to do with sort of the maternal or, you know, relationships that we might have. And um, they were just um, not really serving or solving any problem, just guy having great conversations with his mom and doing this podcast thing together. So he and her are able to spend some sort of like bonding time and some time doing this and creating this thing out in the world that he'll always have. So, I mean, if nothing else From his podcast, he's got sort of a archive of his mom at her best, you know, and and making people laugh and having fun and being funny and that sort of thing. So, I mean, that's worth it enough, even apart from any monetization, is just to have that record of that legacy of your parent or whatever, especially some of the things that you might not have thought to talk about around the family table, but now you're actually intentionally talking about them and having them on a podcast my my dad is a um, retired uh, NASA aerospace engineer and he got recruited right out of college and went to work before NASA was formed so it's like I think it was the Army Corps of Engineers or something like that that he was working for some division of the army and um, then he got incorporated into NASA but he worked on all of the Apollo missions. And so I've often thought whenever we just had the, there was a big anniversary for the Apollo missions and that sort of thing a year, about a year or so ago, and he was doing a lot of interviews and stuff around that time. And I thought, yeah, that that's kind of something that would be cool for us to have a podcast about so that we could just sort of document those the, the history and the things that he experienced and the stories that only he can tell. And it's kind of interesting because Although he's in his, you know, coming up on mid-80s now, he's one of the few people left living who is of sound mind and able to relate those conversations. So that would be a podcast I would start and, you know, possibly you know, other, let's call them space nerds or other people like like us who are sort of nerdy that way might enjoy hearing and having those conversations. So that would be something cool for me to document with my dad, but probably not something that I'm really looking to monetize in any way. Then there was another show that came to me for a little bit of advice about monetizing, and it was a show built around a particular crime that had been committed. It was a family out in Colorado where the, you know, 30-something-year-old husband killed his two daughters and his pregnant wife and pretended like something else happened and dumped their bodies and that sort of thing. And now he's serving, like, way more than lifetime in in jail. And so... That was a podcast that was started around that particular crime scene. Uh, We just saw it. You know, I was reading in a news article. There was a few weeks ago we had the uh, jailer in Alabama who took off with the inmate that apparently she was having a relationship with and like filed her retirement papers. She busted him out of jail. They took off running and they were on the run for 11 days. But in that 11 days there was some person in Alabama who had spent time in jail with the prisoner and had a little bit of unique insight to it. And even though, you know, that guy has been in jail and whatever, like in 11 days, he started a podcast about that particular incident. Now, unfortunately, his content is over until he follows the long legal process of, you know, this prisoner is now, you know, going to be, he was already in prison for sentenced to more than 75 years. Now he's going to have additional charges onto it. So it's sort of anticlimactic, right? And that he's, he's never going to get out of prison again, unless he again tries to break out. And they have vowed that they will never let him do that again. So, I mean, there are these crimes and these like, moments in time where, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if people are starting podcasts to help survivors of mass shootings and parents and things like that, because there is such a need to sort of have this catharsis of having these conversations and hearing other people's perspective. And so you can't discount that, but it's not always monetizable. But one of the things I want to point out to you Is that all of these instances that I talked about from the, you know, man talking with his mom, who's the Holocaust survivor, to the conversations with my dad, to the crime, to all the other ones that I've mentioned here are examples of and even I had one lady ask me about this in my podcast session um she has a, a podcast with a friend and they their conversations are about having these lifelong friendships and it's kind of like how do we you know monetize that and all of these while they aren't solving a particular problem they are providing a space that you want in the world to have these conversations and what you want to think about is How can you build community around them? Now, I will willingly admit I am not the best example of a community builder. I am very introverted. And so for me, like I can build a community, but I need to have some, you know, hire some help to manage it and to keep it going and engaging because I am not a natural extrovert. So if I am left to my own devices, the community will fail because I'm not the one needing to have the conversations all the time. But knowing that I could still build something with community in mind. And what you just really want to think about is what could you provide to your community that they would be willing to either pay a small amount every single month to have access to, or be a part of this particular community or something like that. And so I want you To begin thinking like, so, for example, um, the the one that was the the lady having the conversations about turning 40 and the 40 conversations of 40 drinks with 40 friends. I want you to think about that whole, let's just call it midlife that she's dealing with within her audience. Right. They're all in that same kind of category of probably age or milestone birthdays or whatever else it is. And so you want to begin thinking about what other things could you provide? Like what tangential resources could you provide? There's a ton of them. Like even even when I think about community and, and drawing people together, like just having some sort of a membership that's even if it's $5 or $9 a month, And you have a thousand people paying five or nine dollars a month. Do you know that's five or nine thousand dollars of monthly recurring revenue coming in just from a thousand members? And a lot of communities have way more than a thousand people paying a very small amount. But what can you bring them? What can you bring to that community every single month? Well, there's potentially a lot of partnerships. That you could actually create with like for the people turning 40. My gosh, that's like a prime marketing. You know, a demographic, so to speak, especially women in in turning forty, there's a lot of age related aging related things that you could do. There might be travel that you could bring to them you could you could uh, plan different trips, you could connect them with different travel related discounts so that you're encouraging them to have their girlfriends go on a girlfriend's trip. so like maybe there's like a you know a weekend of the year where it's like, this is, you know, (laughs) we're dubbing this official girlfriend getaway weekend, right? And maybe there's a particular travel agent that would love to have all of that business and help book and plan all these different girlfriend getaways for small groups of five or 10 or however many women. And you could bring that to your community, but you could also make a commission off of all of that from that travel agent right? So you want to think about what you can do. There are a lot of really, I don't want to say tight niches around these kind of things, but many times the community is just about having access to resources that are exactly what you're looking for. Because let's face it, when you're traveling and you're 40 plus, you're not going to be looking for the same type of traveling uh, that a 20-year-old that's just out of college that wants to backpack around Europe is, right? You want a little more comfort, a little more luxury, let's just say, and you're going to want some trips that are a little more probably pampering, a little more luxurious, a little more spa-like, or a little more maybe even Cultured, Or, you know, more museums and more historical places, but not so much adventure. If you're talking to women who are, you know, f- turning 40 who love to run, and they're runners, and I have a friend who's right now she's training her first for her first uh, triathlon. And I mean, she is a badass from the word go. But whenever I heard what her triathlon distances were for each of the three categories, I was just like, oh, my God, goodness gracious, I don't know that I could push my body like that, but she's doing it. And it would probably help her to have a community of people or women, let's just say women that are over 40 that are training for their first triathlon. Why? Because they're all going to be facing the same things. So things like gear and shoes and, you know, protein bars and all these kind of things that she's going to end up finding out. Serve her purpose to get her through this training of the triathlon, all of those are things that her audience would be interested in. So she could become affiliates for all this, but she could gather those people in a group and maybe she does a little extra work. And maybe she does some things like helping plan a training schedule. For them or helping them identify what their weakest sport is and how maybe they can, you know, train so that it's not quite such a drain on their time. Right. So there's a lot of different things that you can do, but it's all about bringing community together. And you know what? Community is not always free. I mean, if you think about it, even from like a a retail perspective, um, there are retail stores where you have to pay a yearly membership in order to be able to go to Costco, or Sam's Club, or BJ's, or what other, you know, wholesale buying club there is. So you can have a small monthly fee or a, you know, yearly fee that people pay to be part of your community, but then build the community and begin giving them access, more access to you, more access to behind the scenes information, more access to, you know, resources and things that would be of interest to you. I was talking to a guy who attended my workshop at PodFest, and he helps doctors with their financial planning. And I mentioned in some examples, some case studies I was talking about, several of my examples were doctors that we were, are working with to do different things. And He's like, oh my gosh, you know, you'd be a great connection because you might have some clients that need what I'm doing or would like to listen to my podcast. And I'm like, absolutely. But again, if I had a group of doctors that I was trying to build community around, financial planning for those physicians would be something that I would at least want to offer them some free education on, not because I need to give, be the one giving the education, but because I know that I can find resources out there. And you could begin bringing those people in front of your community, right? And all you're doing is gathering a demographic, and you're gathering people, and then you got to just listen to what the community wants. Do they want virtual events? Do they want times where you can just have a once a month happy hour, uh, virtually, where you're all coming on and you know just having a, a you know a little bit of relaxed conversation and chit chat and. Do they want a book club? Do they want a uh, discounts whenever they travel? Do they want recommendations for maybe supplements or nutrition or other things that they're wanting at this stage in their life? So begin thinking about what you can do to build a community. And your community doesn't have to look like anyone else's community. Honestly, there are people that I know personally that have built more than $100 million businesses simply... By gathering their demographic together and then asking them what they wanted. And they started with like weight loss and then they ended up with uh, workout wear and then they ended up with supplements and then they ended up with the protein bars and all those kind of things because they just kept listening to what their community wanted. And when they listened to what their community wanted and they asked their community what they wanted even things like what flavor of protein bars do you want us to, to create next? Like every single time they listen to their community and then they launched a product or they launched a clothing or whatever it was they were doing, you know what happened? It immediately sold out because they just gave their community what they wanted. So there is power in building a community of of demographics uh, that are going to be around a certain topic or subject or lifestyle or whatever. And I want you to think about like how you could build that or create that in your audience, with your audience, with your, you know, with the community that you're building around these conversations that you're having. And maybe some of the content you provide is only for those paying community members. And it's, it's amazing whenever you think the sky's the limit, like what could you create? And I think about, you know, there's some on Facebook, there's a big group called I think it's called Girl Camper. And it's just about all these women who are camping, and they're camping sometimes for the first time. Sometimes they're finally camping, and they're away from their husbands because they're, you know, divorced, or their husband never wanted to go camping. So they're like, screw it, I'm gonna do it myself. I'm going to learn to back this thing up. I'm going to learn to trailer it. I'm going to learn to, you know, do all the things you need to do to set up a camper and level it and, you know, do all the things. And they're completely empowered. But that's a group that's just around camping and their love of camping. But my gosh, think about all the things that you could bring them. And if there were new products and there were new camping tools and there were new things out there that you could bring specifically to that group that maybe is different than what they find in the marketplace because it's specifically for women campers, like they would buy everything related to that niche. There's another group that I think about. It's just sort of a lifestyle group, and it's called Sisters on the Fly. And it's a group of women who love fly fishing. Now, is that not a very specific niche? I mean, I, I don't I love fishing, but I don't know how to fly fish. It seems way too like it's like, you know, the ballet of dancing, right? I mean, it's I mean, it's just like um the ballet of fishing, I should say, because it's all about technique and it's finesse and it's timing and it's, you know, getting your form down. It's way different than the type of fishing I do. These women, have formed this group called Sisters on the Fly. And every single summer, they have these big campouts. And they all have these little bitty uh, vintage campers and trailers and Scotties and teardrops and, you know, all these little trailers that they have fixed up. And they've just had a great time doing it. And they have these big campouts where they all they do is, you know, camp out and fly fish and have potlucks and do all these things. But that is a community. And so Sisters on the Fly is like a huge group. And you, you never knew so many women liked fly fishing apart from the men in their life, right? So it's crazy what you can do when you think about community. So I want, for those of you who say, I don't really solve a problem. I don't really have a solution I'm trying to provide for someone. And I'm always talking about how you monetize your own products and services first. I want you to think about how you could build a community that is, number one, a paid community. It can be a small monthly fee. I mean, it doesn't have to, like I say, $5 or $9. Um, Market research has shown that if somebody has a subscription that is less than $10 a month, that they will keep it infinitely longer than they will subscriptions that are more than $10 or $10 or more per month. So my suggestion would be you know, play the the market right, which is that nine dollars or less per month, and you could even do you know nine dollars or less um, uh, a month, like a nine dollar monthly fee, but then maybe do or a hundred dollars a year, right, and get all those hundred dollar people for the year paying you, right? So, I mean, think about it like this: if you had a thousand people that were paying you their hundred dollar yearly subscription upfront. That means you would have a $100,000 in working capital to build out whatever you wanted from your group, okay? And then... You could begin really nurturing that group. You could maybe hire a community manager. You could begin planning meetups and events, and you could begin doing all these different things so that you can make that community stronger. And then you could also present them with some, you know, partnership opportunities where you bring maybe a certain manufacturer in and present some things to the group. I mean, can you imagine if there was a fly fishing company that made fly rods that made ones specifically for women? Women. and maybe they were you know a, a little bit you know differently laid out or maybe the weight on them was a different little different or the length on them was a little different or something was a little bit different but it was specifically for women like women would eat that up but you want to think about how you can begin forming partnerships to bring things into your community so the the people that are having friendships about around our conversations around friendships are at, at turning 40. Like, what are all the other people that turning 40 years old, what are they doing? You know, what do they need in their life? What are they interested in? What kind of things would they be down to consume, to buy, to partake in? What kind of experiences? And so building out a community is a viable way to actually monetize your podcast and make money, even if you're not solving a specific problem. Okay, so I want you to think about that because that will work for any niche, especially if you're not solving problems. You're just you just got a group of people gathering, bring them into the fold from the podcast, bring them from the podcast listener into your community, right? And get them in behind the scenes and make them feel like there's something going on behind that paywall that makes it worth way more than the five dollars or nine dollars a month they're paying to be in it. You know, it's just one of those things where you've got to be creative and the sky's the limit, but there can be some real money made and all you got to do is create it. You've already got the listenership. So what else can you provide beyond just great conversations? Maybe there's book clubs that you want or books you want to read together because they're about the same type of topic. So now you can add a book club or maybe there's, you know, virtual meetings that you could have meet up or maybe there's, you know, a movie club that you're going to all watch movies together or whatever because they're about the same topics. And so begin thinking about all the crazy things you could do to build community and monetize that community, right? Make your community a paid community but it still takes very little. I mean, I would say build out a community on circle.so. I'm an affiliate for them. I use them for my communities and I love it. It's a great, great product. But if you need the link to that, I'll show you. I'll send it to you. I'll show you how to get set up. It's it's really easy to get set up. It's a way you can pull your community off of traditional social media platforms like Facebook or Instagram or wherever. And you put them into your own community and you give them access. So then you know exactly who's there. You always have reach of them. They're you know, never going to get. Let's just say, um, you know, banned by Facebook or whatever, because, you know, whatever happens uh, in your groups and um, you have them in your email list. And so now you have them as your email list in your email list. You have them as your customer in your paid community. You're charging them a small monthly or yearly fee to be part of it. Maybe you've got a small monthly or yearly fee that you're charging. And all you have to do is figure out ways to keep them coming back and to keep them there and to keep them engaged. And I think, and I'll, I'll give you one example the, um, if you've heard me tell the story before of the client I had that got me focused on monetization whenever, after four years and four rebrandings of her podcast, finally getting to the point where she was getting more than 10,000 downloads a month, she came to me and said, I'm going to give up podcasting. And I'm like, oh my God, why, what are you talking about? You're finally hitting your stride. And she said, I'm still not making any money. And what she ended up doing is just on a lark, she started a Facebook group around being retired, being, she was in that, that, that age group of retired women. And so she just started a retired women's club on Facebook. And before she knew it, that group had, that free group had ballooned to the thousands like 10,000 or more um, members in just a few days Um, I'm just sorry in just a few months and then she began getting some people stepping up to be the admins of the group and then she began doing other things and then she pulled the people in in that group into a paid membership where they were paying five dollars a month to have different access than the rest of the people and she has made more money with that Facebook group. Without a podcast than she ever did with that podcast. Now, I don't say that. And and the thing is, it's been fun for her because she's doing it for fun. She's doing it because that's where she is in her life. And she's just got a group of people now that she can also rely on that are in that same demographic as she is. But what you have to realize is I wouldn't recommend putting a Facebook group, um, you know, putting your whole, uh, business on Facebook because as a group, because of my experience with getting banned from Facebook for doing absolutely nothing against the community rules, um, And many other people are having that same problem. So pull it off Facebook into something like Circle and then go from there and let it grow and you just become the leader of a great community. So it can be done. And I think it could be like something really fun and like what a better way to take something you love, which is podcasting, talking about a topic that you love, and then putting it into a paid community. So now you get paid to do that thing you love and talk about the things that you're loving talking about. Like it's a win, win, win. So I would encourage you to do that. Now, if you need help, if you need help with your, you know, putting together an offer or figuring out how to monetize your podcast, I have a challenge coming up um, very soon. And it's all about getting your podcast monetized. So it's a podcast monetization challenge. Simply go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. And you can register and sign up there. We've already got some people coming in for that. And I can't wait to do the challenge. It's a five day free challenge. And you're absolutely gonna be target focused on monetization by the end of the challenge so i'd love to see you there and i hope this has been helpful for you and i hope you're ready to go start your community if you're doing a podcast that's not about solving a problem hope you have an awesome day talk to you soon thank you for joining us today If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, podcastsuccesshub.com. Go to podcastsuccesshub.com. and I'll see you there because I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys have an awesome one. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you about the challenge. It's starting very soon. Please make sure you don't miss a challenge because this is the time when you can really learn how to craft a high value offer for your audience that they will honestly feel stupid saying no to. So join me for the Podcast Profit Challenge. It's coming up very, very soon. You can find out all the details for it. It's free to join. You have no excuse not to join. And even if you say, well, Christy, I can't make it on the certain time of day, whenever the um, challenge is, we have recordings of them and you can listen to every single one of them, even if it's not where you can join us live. So teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. Go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. And I can't wait to see you there.